0: Hi, and welcome to Schofield's Flowers, the home of Scope on Scope. I'm Steve
1: Schofield. I'm Chris Fraderigo. People call me Fratty. Yeah, I'm Tommy Hart. No, the Tommy, Tommy of the show. no, you're a PA. Get back. Get back. <laughs> our
0: PA always trying to seal the show. And uh, during our shows, we're going to be talking about true crime, lifestyle, and sports.
1: More likely some hockey, though.
0: Always hockey. So enjoy the show. And away we go. gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to Schofield's Flowers Podcast, home of Schof on That's why I like going to the tattoo shop. What about you? <laughs> Right? Uh, no, but... It gets everything off of my mind. Motorcycles yeah. and tattoos.
1: Did I ever tell you about my first tattoo, though? No, let's hear about it. <laughs> uh, and I know you said you got a good one, too. No, but... I, I do. It's pretty good. You know, my dad's a hunter. Yep. And he's hunted buffalo, caribou, deer, antelope, uh, a lot of pigs, turkeys... Um, but probably my favorite thing he's ever hunted and the meat's okay. It's still good, but it's okay. It's not the the best meat. Elk is probably one of the best, Buffalo or, right. you know, yep, some I've of the best, both. Yep. um, but, uh, black bear, I, <laughs> I have never had black bear. Um, so yeah. he got a 500 pound over six foot black bear. Oh my God. Um, we have the rug it's in his living room. It's name is Fred. Gosh, 15, 16 years ago. We had yep. so much meat, it took us two years to eat all oh the bear God. meat. Oh, my God. So you got, a, you got a fridge
0: downstairs, like a, fr- a freezer. Yeah, we got a yeah. freezer. We, yeah. we put I see, all the meat in it. I say downstairs because yeah. I grew up in Chicago. Right. So There's no have basements you see, here. Yeah. I'm used to having a basement, you know?
1: But um, So I'm at this tattoo shop. My friend's getting tattooed. And we're talking to the guy and and my friend goes, dude, this guy's got bear meat. You got to try it. And all of a sudden this other tattooer kind of perks up. He's like, what'd you say? And I was like, oh, my dad, you know, shot a bear. We have all this bear meat, you know, name a, a cut of meat. We probably have it among other stuff. Summer sausage, pepperoni sticks. It's just made out of the bear meat. And he goes, dude, I will tattoo you. If I can get some of that bear meat, he, you know, he lists off all these animals he's had, but never now had was bear. He, was with that beard, was he that you got there? Was he a bear too? <laughs> no, he, he wasn't. He wasn't a bear skull. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, because I mean, you know. Got to be careful with those guys. This this isn't West Hollywood, stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I do have a good friend of mine who's a bear, and I love that guy to death. Guy C, so, you know, which he would be getting a a good huge laugh over that comment. He's like, hell yeah, (laughs) I'll give you some bear love. (laughs) But, uh, so, yeah, so I go home.
1: (laughs) I uh, pick up uh, a pound of pepperoni sticks. Right. And I bring it up and I'm like, here you go. Here's some bear meat. He's like, done. What do you want? So I end up getting a skull and crossbones on my ribs. When I was getting it done, I was like, you know, this is the last tattoo I'm getting. This sucks. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I get it done. It only took like an hour or whatever. Yeah. have the tattoo. Uh, Obviously, it wasn't my last tattoo. Yeah, I could tell. (laughs) uh, I traded bear meat for a a tattoo and that was my first one. Oh, that's fantastic. I I love it. So
0: (laughs) I might as well go to my story about my tattoo. Which you know, of course, I'm loaded too, and I want to, I want to actually, you know, start on this arm. But oh my God, my wife's gonna, and then I want to get the hands and the knuckles. I want to actually put scope on my on my hand here because it's like people I'll say I introduce myself as scope, and they're like, what, scoff? And I'm like, no, scope. And I want to just like, <laughs> right. So I wind up having, uh, I don't know what it is, but you want to go get a tattoo, right? And the very first, very first tattoo I ever got, it was it's up on my upper arm here, and I. I remember, you know, I got it all, you know, you get your pen lines done, you get your lines done first, right? And I show up at home and my wife is like, what the fuck is that? She says, you said you were going to get a tattoo. I thought you were going to get like a heart maybe with my name and this entire like, you know, English countryside with a, with a castle and everything, right? So then uh, I go back for another tattoo and, uh, you know, she goes, where are you? And I says, I'm getting a tattoo. She goes, Please tell me you're not doing that again. I says I swear to God, I'm just so sorry, honey, but I just, I don't know, it's sort of addicting, you know? So she says, I, you better not get, I know you've been looking at a lot of, like, girls with tattoos and everything. You better not get a girl tattooed on your arm. And it, sure enough, I went out and I got this fantastic tattoo here. And uh, there's this fantastic artist, uh, Angelique Hautcamp out of Amsterdam who I just love their work well you know because I've been going to Amsterdam a lot so unfortunately you know I I didn't have the time to go back to Amsterdam to get it done by her but I did get a you know a good friend of mine does traditional tattooing and he did a fantastic job and I just laugh every time I think about her saying you better not be getting a girl on your arm and I said honey it's really art trust me it's not it's not a tattoo of a girl it's a painting of a famous artist out of Amsterdam. Then it's walking uh, art. Yeah, I didn't hear. I didn't talk to her for about a week.
1: <laughs> oh, my mom cried when I told her I had one. So I, bet. I, um, bet. I, I don't know. Yeah, until this day, I still get more, and every time it, it's a shake of the head. <laughs> what did you do? You, did you get another tattoo? Yeah, but I've had it for like three months now. I just haven't seen you, and oh. you know. And then the, by the time she sees me again. There's another one. Yep. And she's just like, I don't even want to know.
0: Well, it's personalizing yourself again, like we talked in our last episode, right?
1: Yep. I mean, you know, you'd like
0: a dark beer, which we, what is this beer here today? I want to ask you. Yeah. About so this.
1: this is from uh, Mumford in downtown LA. Wow. And uh, Mumford Brewing. And yep. this is a cacao stout or a okay. chocolate stout. Um, but you'll notice it has a little bit of a, a coffee ness to it. it. But it's a chocolate stout, um, right there in uh, downtown LA. I, I've been cheating a little bit. I started early. Yeah, you did. You're lo- you know. now, are you, did you get a little sun scope or are you just
0: been drinking, right? No, I, you know, how'd you know? You know, I'm Irish, Fatty. I'm always drinking, and so, you know, yeah, my nose and everything. My, I was like looking in the mirror, and I was like, I didn't have any makeup here today, so here I am. You know, you look like you got a little makeup, rather <laughs> than me. You know, so I'm just Italian scope yeah. I, I got that natural glow. Yeah, you got the, There you go. You know, so I'm
1: if, gonna, I'm gonna try this, uh, this chocolate beers you might You say. try it and then when you're done you tell me what the hell you're wearing. I know you're dapper. I, I know you're uh, a fashionista. But what was what, what your get up today?
0: You, you know what? Like um, as we talked about you know uh, uh, last time you know I mentioned that dapper is becoming very popular right? Past weekend I went to the gangster museum uh, in uh, Las Vegas and then, you know, you're looking at all these gangsters and, you know, it's like, you know, and all these photos. I mean, those guys dressed up. I mean, I'm talking full on three piece suits.
1: Reminds me of uh, Boardwalk Empire. The the suits they were uh-huh. wearing, you know, the silks, yep. you know, the, the loud colors. Yep. They always had flowers or, uh-huh. you know, pocket square like yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, you know you think about like today, a lot of businesses are, are casual. There's, you know, you don't really have to dress up to yep. them. LA especially. Yeah. But that's you know? just what, that's what we wear. We yep. wear jeans, we wear t-shirts, we're, we're a little more casual, but we yep. still are, are fashionistas as we you, know, yep. you say when we yep. wear it. But back in those days, everyone wore suits. And so when you went to work, you wore what you wore, which was, you know, a nice suit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my dad always wore hats, as we both enjoy hats, but, you know, we have very little hair on top, so I think the hat is almost like our hair at times, It's an
1: extension, but I've been wearing hats, gosh, since I was a little kid. Nice, nice. Who's your hat by? My hat is by Yellow One Hundred and Eight in uh, Long Beach. Nice, nice. Yeah. I love that hat. It's yeah. that, is that like a like a dark green? It is. It's a dark green. I actually picked it up on a fabric sale they were doing. So, oh, looks great. Um, yeah, they're trying out some new colors and picked it up. And you know, it's kind of my staple hat now. But. I'm looking for one that's a little bit smaller, a little bit shorter brim, kind of just sits on the top of the head. So um, when I find the right one, I'll, I'll definitely uh, bring it in.
0: Oh, well, I, I, you know, I mean, if you're not, if you want to go in and really try one on, I would suggest you go over to Strongholds over there in Venice and Kinney because uh, that's where I got my Stetson and i bought several hats and vests and you name it i just i absolutely love them i mean they have such a great selection of hats and the Stetson i mean the thing i love about the hats now is that you would think that you had to carry back in the day they would have like these round hat carriers you know i've seen them and and now it's like you know i i just pack it up i flip it upside down put like my t-shirts and underwear and socks in it in my in my you know suitcase if i'm going out of town i take this hat everywhere it's sort of like my staple hat and i have it's your logo 20, it's my logo. There you go. It is you. It is me. So, you know, scope on scope, right you know? So uh yeah, I dig it. So it's um you know, I've had, I I just like what's going on right now with men's clothing. Yep. I, I really dig in it, you know.
1: Now, who is your friend that's up in Pasadena? I know we're talking about getting some uh, nice three-piece suits like McGregor there. Yeah. Uh, yep. Maybe yep. going to the Mob Museum when we're in Vegas for the yep. Golden Knights game and, you know, dressing up, being all yep. dapper. Yeah, I think we'll probably be the most dapper
0: guys if we do do that. But that's uh, my buddy Jeffrey Plansker. Uh, he's a director. His uh, family's out of Detroit. His dad's like, a, you know, a true, uh, uh, you know, his dad ran Chevy, it was the head of production at can't believe one of the most, you know, fantastic guy. I can't even, just. I call him Pops, he's like my own father. And, uh, you know, Jeffrey, uh, you know, we started together in the business and, uh, you know, came out here to L.A., Jeff's always had great style, he always loves anything that's old school, and we've been talking a lot about different things, and, you know, I had drinks with him not long ago, and uh, we, uh, you know, he's opening up a shop called The Bloke, and, uh, you know, and the bloke is, you know, all about being dapper for, you know, men. And uh, I think dapper's coming back, to be honest with you. And it's is his pa- tagline going to be bloke me? <laughs> no. <And>, Hi, uh, <laughs> bloke me. I'll let it, I'll ask him. How's that? You can have it for free. <laughs> yeah, There you go. Well, he is one of the best brandy guys I've ever met. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. The shoes he's going to have, the, the clothing. I mean, it's going to take, you know, to be totally dialed in about $3,800 for a, you know, three-piece suit, top shoes shirts and everything but uh, again customized to who you are so uh, it's opening up uh, and uh, you know we're gonna have to I actually told him I thought that uh, you know what might be a good thing for us to do a show over there so we'll see what happens
1: yeah we can definitely do a show we can go in try on some suits get up on the Instagram maybe do a live story or something from there
0: I mean you don't try them on you actually have them measured well he has suits Yep. And they're measured to you. He has to tailor the whole bit. So, I mean, everything is customized, you know? I mean, I don't know about you. I might have to watch out a bit because my weight goes up and down. I I actually got a vest that I had taken in, taken out, taken in. It cost me like $200 to have it taken in, taken out, taken in. See,
1: I don't don't have that issue yet. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, from being an athlete, I'm not the tallest. Right. Uh, But, you know, I think at my pinnacle I had a 24-inch thigh. so and a 34 inch waist so nothing fits me off the rack everything you know i almost need to be custom in some some fashion um just because i you know i wear a large shirt not because i'm tall but because i have broad shoulders and you know you know back in
0: the 20s and 40s and things men didn't have a lot of clothing you know you went into a closet there was like three suits and that's you know you had maybe two pairs of shoes Couple suits, and then you had a couple hats, and that was your wardrobe. I mean, nowadays you have a, you know, a ton of choices, but uh, that's called a, a metrosexual, I think. <laughs> it's a little bit go. different from the bears. <laughs> yeah, right. So, what would I be called? <laughs> <laughs> I just call scope. you Scope. <laughs> thank you. You're, you're, yeah, your, own, yeah. you're
1: your, own, your own brand.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. I know, I'm a verb now. So, you know, I would tell my wife I might change my name just to Scope and, you know, forget the Steve Schofield, and she was like, you can't do that. And I said, yeah, I can do anything I want to do, right? So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I, I just... Uh, it does make it a, a, a limited edition, and you're always looking dressed up. And uh, you know, if you, if you walked into a room just looking good all the time, there's nothing wrong with that, you know?
1: Nothing wrong at all. I think it, it, you'll command a room. People are Absolutely. gonna want to know who is that person. Yeah. And when everyone else is wearing flip-flops and shorts yeah. and a tank, you come in, three-piece suit, looking your best. Oh. You're you're going to draw some heads.
0: I got to tell you, when I was talking to him, he was turning me on. Too, so I said, well, what about us? A... What other
1: guys turn you on, Scoff?
0: <laughs> Very good, Franny. I'll be careful of my wording in the future with you. <laughs> yeah, bear. Anyways, you know, I had, uh, I said to him, I want to get, I said, Jeff, I want to, what about like, Oh, Jesus, $3,800, right? And he goes, hey, look, if you go to, you, you want a real suit, I mean, that's, that's a lot cheaper than, you know, several different places that you would go to Prada or whatever, right? And he said, you know, and this one's being actually done to your custom, right? And he said, uh, I said, well, what about like a nice smoking jacket? And he goes, oh, there's a great place out of London. And, you know, he gave me the name, and I said, you know, and he says, oh, check this out, and he shows me, I wish I could remember the name, and, you know, he shows me a smoking jacket, and it was actually long, like robes. And so I was I was like, wait, what happened to this short? And he goes, well, you can have a short smoking jacket. But he goes, you know, if you're going to have a real smoking jacket, it's going to look like a robe. So men would typically wind up, so they'd show up for dinner in their bow tie, really nice suit, or it would be a tuxedo, bow tie in the whole bit. And the next thing you know, he said after dinner, they would put on their smoking slippers, right? And then they'd put on their jacket. And the jacket was longer. And I says wow, that's crazy. He goes, the reason they had that material and it wrapped all the way around you is because they would have their scotch and their cigar. And then while they sat there, that type of fabric actually, uh, it it took in all the smoke,
1: right? So the rest of your clothes, when you took it off and went home, it smelled like cigar smoke. You know, it's funny you say that because last night my girlfriend was at a a bonfire. Right. And, you know, she gets home and... You know, jumps into bed and all I, I'm like, "Why do you smell like smoke?" Like I had no idea. And
0: I know she's smoking
1: hot. <laughs> she, she is, but l- you know, lay off. She's mine. <laughs> <Tell> um, but <laughs> yeah, no. So that makes sense because you know, it's not a, a pleasant smell when it's secondhand like that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so that makes sense that they yeah. would do that. And I got to hang
0: my stuff up outside every time I have a cigar. I got to hang my stuff outside. And even if, like, tonight, I'll have a cigar because my wife's out of town, but I guarantee I'm going to have a cigar and I'm going to have to hang my... It's just habit. I go yep. hang it outside so the house doesn't... Because the minute she walks in on Sunday, because it's Saturday today, the minute she walks in, boom, she's going to say, you've been
1: smoking cigars.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Yes,
1: yeah, no, Scope, I know you talked about, you know, it's old school to wear a suit, get dressed up, and, and that's how you went. You know, something that has been going on in hockey, something that we're both familiar with, is kind of the dying breed of enforcers, of fighting in hockey. Yep. Everyone in the NHL today is skilled. You know, yep. your fourth line guys used to be, you know, heavyweights. They they went out there for four or five yep. minutes a game. All they did was fight. And now, you ha- well, you always had a fighter. He was always-, always
0: six foot two, and he'd go up against the next six foot two or
1: right. And now your your fourth line, they're chipping in, you know, five to ten goals apiece. Yep. Um, they can all skate. They're all skilled. We talked about in the last podcast where everyone now is so skilled. Um, they're all special t- specializing in their training. Yep. That there's just no longer room for the you know the fighters who don't have skill. Yep. Yep. But there's also been ways the NHL or hockey in general has been kind of forcing them out, you know, by mandating penalties, you know, certain penalties yep. for fighting, yep. the the instigator rule. They're making them yep. wear half shields now. Yep. You know, I come from, a, you know, still watching hockey back, you know, in the some of the glory days. You know, I remember yep. the Avalanche and uh, the Red Wings duking it out in the playoffs with Roy and Osgood fighting. Yeah. And, and they would just duke it out in the playoffs, you know, the regular season. There was always fighting going on. Now today, if you get one fight in a game, you're pretty stoked. Yeah, yeah, and, and the fans love it. The know, fans I mean, do love they, it.
0: They love a good fight. But I think, you know, what's happening with hockey right now and with kids and, and, and even football— There's just so many there's so many head injuries, you know, and I mean, I think that uh, for whatever reason they feel that hockey in the NHL needs to be more about skating and scoring. Hell, I'm older than you and I watched, you know, guys like Bobby Hall. People didn't want to fight Bobby Hall. He was so strong that if you hit, you would kill you, they said, used to say, you know, so nobody wanted to fight him. But I mean, I've seen some of the fighting greats, you know, back in the day. But uh, I just think like anything, the times change and, uh, you know, the NHL is trying to make a statement. I mean, I think the shields have really saved a lot of eyesight, uh, broken noses and, you know, whatever it takes. Although I remember when we, I didn't wear a shield that the sticks were down more. You know? I, I
1: agree. I mean, playing in juniors, we yep. were able to wear visors, yep. Um. you know, versus minor and in, in college hockey. Lo and behold, I only ever got high sticked by guys wearing cages because yep. not everyone was old enough to yep. wear a visor. Yep. And I think it's more, it's a respect thing because you know just as well as them if you're not wearing a cage, yeah. you could get hit in the face, you know. Yep. And, and same with fighting. If there's no fighting yep. and I take a run at someone. Yep. I know it the, the worst I can get is a penalty. yeah, no one can do anything to me. otherwise they get kicked out of the game yeah and you know even risk uh, uh, a large penalty that could result in goals and, and you don't want to put your team down. You're, nope. you' you know everyone's sacrificing for the greater good, not for individual reasons. you know, and in college, that used to happen all the time. yeah guys would get after the whistle, they'd slash you with their stick when yep. the ref wasn't looking because you couldn't go over and fight them because yeah. it's yeah. not allowed in NCAA, but in juniors, I would drop my gloves. I'd hit you in the face, yep. and you'd either defend yourself or yeah. you wouldn't. And yep. next time you came across me, you probably aren't going to do that again. Right. And that's where I think there with hockey. It's something that needs to be there's a there's a middle ground. The stage fighting, no one wants to see that where yeah. they just fight for the sake of fighting. But I think with when emotions run high, yeah, it you, it's one of those things where it allows you to. Uh, control the game, but also control your emotions yeah i'd much rather have two guys going head to head fighting, yeah. than someone you know run someone from behind, yeah you know and kill someone because yeah. no one 's died from fighting in hockey yeah. yeah you know there's only a few incidences documented that fighting's ever caused a concussion. Heck, guys are getting concussions from shoulder to shoulder hits, and yeah. it's their head yeah. whiplash. Or latching. head
0: hits, yeah, in the corners or whatever it is. And, you and if you go
1: back to football, which there's a lot of concussion yep. issues, the reason they only ever wore helmets in the first place was for skull fractures. Yeah. And then once they got helmets, well, then they wore more padding because helmets are made out of plastic. Yeah. And I, you look at rugby, where's all the head injuries in rugby? They wear yeah. no paddings. I I just think, you know, like,
0: uh, it's so funny. When my kid was playing in the minors, he was playing with out of Connecticut, and he was playing with a team called the Mad Hatters uh, in uh, Danbury.
1: Sounds like us. (laughs) Yeah, right? There
0: you go. And uh, there was a full, full team brawl, both teams on the ice brawling. Even the coaches were fighting. It's one of the best fights I've ever seen. I was there for the fight. I mean, the fans enjoyed every bit of it. It took about an hour to clean it up. I never seen anything like it. But, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I think just the safety issues now and everything are just so, uh, you know, with kids playing and so many kids now. I mean, we've talked about it in in our last episode about you know, Vegas having hockey, Anaheim, you know, when I came out, it was hardly any hockey. I mean, Gretzky came out and it became big here in Los Angeles. So um, I like a faster game. I Agreed. mean, I, I like a faster, you know, high-scoring game. You know, they've shrunk the pads down now. And, uh, you know, every team – I mean, Jesus. Did you ever know a defenseman that was faster and better turning uh, capabilities than a forward? Nowadays, the defenseman – are better than the forwards in their skating capabilities.
1: I'd say probably on every team, there's a defenseman in the top five of points. Yep. And and it's not just because of assists. They're probably top five in goals too.
0: Yeah, so I think that I guess safety is the most important issue, and and, and you know, and longevity with uh, you know these guys coming out of there and having uh, head injuries or whatever it takes. So I, at the end of the day, my kid had to hang up the skates because uh, you know he kept on getting groin injuries, and then it went to his hips, and then it went to his back, and he's already it's thirty five years old, and he's had to get two back surgeries, fifth and six, and you know, and the next thing he's probably going to get is. Might have to get the shots where uh, stem cell. It sucks to see a, you know, him in the type of pain he is at times. But it's he's doing the best he can.
1: So I know you're talking about safety. Do you think the game's safer without fighting and and just you know a bunch of skilled players, or do you think there's still nah, a place to to police it. it?
0: I think you know it's sports is entertainment, and entertainment means you got to have a fight or two in a game. I mean, you know, you you've seen the tempo change so many times when there's a fight going down, right? You got a team that's down. 5-2, you know, you're going into the third period. There's a fight at the end of the second period. Boom, a fight goes down. They go in the locker room. They're like fucking pumped, right? And right. then and, and the next thing you
1: know, they're like coming out and hockey can turn around on a dime. And it's not a just, I think, in a game. I think it could be in a season because you have guys who maybe aren't fighters who yep. will stick up for a teammate yep. or get in a scrap. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you get this energy yep. because someone that is unexpected to be a fighter steps yeah. up and does something and, and it builds character. You always hear about the fighters are some of the best guys off the ice. Um, I think it was Stu Grimson, former duck, uh, you know, he wrote children's book in, you know, as yeah. his hobby and, you know, Paul Bissonette, he was a long time fighter for the coyotes. I think he played five or six years yeah. in the NHL, um, spent some time in the minors. He just recently hung him up, but he has the most followers on Twitter yeah. outside of Ovechkin. Yep. Yeah. And he probably, I think Ovechkin may or may not have scored more goals in one game than he has an entire career. And now he's going on, Paul Bissonnette is going on to uh, be a broadcaster because he's, he's a personality. He has character. And, right. and you always hear about teams, it's about the guys with character locker room guys yep. that help keep a team together not yep. only in the regular season which is 82 games over six months yep. but in the postseason which is a grueling basically every other day high intensity hockey um and and they're laying it on the line you know they put themselves before anyone else and, and you know they're no one That's goes your role you know you
0: know what you got role players right right and I mean, no and one I goes mean, into
1: hockey wanting to fight no but they take it to enhance their careers how i fought in in the minors i have five minutes of penalty for a fight and a minus one in the in the minor leagues as my you know (laughs) stats and i'm five nine yeah and you know it was my opportunity to try to show them hey if i can't score in a game i'm at least going to be tough and no one's going to push me around it gives people chances to be locker room guys to do other things beyond just scoring goals because that's what you need to win a championship yep
0: yep I, i i agree what else you been up to?
1: Recently, I did something. Do you believe in magic, Scof?
0: I do. I love magic.
1: You know, you got a guy walking around showing you some tricks, and it's fun. Absolutely. So I got a chance to go to the Magic Castle. Yep. Um, if you're not from L.A., never heard of it. Magic Castle's a, a special guild. Or yep. Of, Been there. Fantastic. It's here yep. in Hollywood. Yep. And um, not only do they have shows, I mean, there's, yep. I think the biggest show is 150 people. Right. But then they have people sitting at a table like ours, and you're sitting at the table watching them do close-up magic. And we got there at 5.30. We left at 12.30. There was nonstop action. Every room you went into, everywhere you turned, there's a little magician doing something here or a show you could go watch. Oh, wow. And it, it was an unbelievable time. The food was phenomenal. I had prime rib, but even better, I had lava cake that was <laughs> so good. I would go wow. back just to get the lava cake and the dark chocolate ice cream.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, I do love magic. I love going to a comedy. And what a great place to bring a date, right? I mean, it's something different. I mean, my dad taught me a few things in life, you know, and I always say, it. my dad taught me three things in life when I was younger. He said, he says, one, you want to know how to dance with a girl. Because when you go to the dance, what's happening? Guys are on one side, girls are on the other side. So if you're the first guy going out there to dance, you're going to be the stud, right? And he says, number two, Make sure that you're funny because if you're funny, he says, now you're gonna make her laugh. So now you even got a better chance of landing a girl, right? And he goes, and number three, you're going into middle school. You're the little guy. You're gonna get challenged by the big guy and you're most likely gonna get in a fight. So here's, my, here's what I th- I'm telling you to do. He said, hit him square between the eyes <laughs> And he said, "Because when you hit him first, and he goes down, by the time he's getting up, the gym teacher will be there, or some teacher will be there to split, hold you off and split you up, and you're both going to go to the principal's office. Guess what? Better to go in as a winner than a loser." <laughs> so, uh, th- those are some good life lessons for <laughs> for all you young gentlemen <laughs> yeah. out there. Hit first, ask questions later. You know, go, yeah.
1: You know, first and foremost, obviously, Schofield's Flowers is, is the name of our podcast. It comes from yep. your family's, yep. you know, background. Uh, you know, tied to the mob, what's our story today? I know we like to talk a little gangsters every now and then.
0: Well, you know, I love true crime. My writer, Joe Chilko, my producer, Kevin Johnson, you know, they, they, I mean, Kevin was a guy that's like, dude, you have to start telling these stories. All my life you've been telling that you were, you know, you grew up in the mob flower shop, that you were an uh, ex-policeman, and that, you know, you've seen all these and heard all these great stories. I am just been fascinated by um, – um, I was contacted by a, a very good friend of mine who's in PR and actually has a podcast, which we've been invited to, uh, with uh, uh, Jonathan Scott. And uh, he has said to me, you know, I own the uh, Meyer Lansky Diaries. And if you don't know who Meyer Lansky is, I mean, he was the, the accountant, the CFO to the mob. You know, back from – and he grew up. He was a childhood boyhood friend of uh, Lucky Luciano. So, and uh, he was partnered with, um, uh, with Bugsy Siegel, and uh, they were uh, responsible for building a Flamingo Hotel, which was totally mob. The uh, Meyer Lansky Diaries, and of course, Bugsy Siegel was killed here in Beverly Hills, and uh, for skimming money. You know, all the building of the hotel. You can only imagine the mob building a hotel in Vegas. I mean, the money was being skimmed left and right. I'm surprised they even have a flamingo left in front. Of, you know, they probably finished the hotel and they just took one of those flamingos you see in front of somebody's house, planted in front of the hotel, <laughs> and said, Here's your hotel. You know, but literally, um, after they killed uh, Bugsy Siegel here in Beverly Hills, uh, three of, uh, you know, top. You know, henchmen went in, and uh, from, they say it was from Meyer Lansky's guys, but uh, died at old age. And, uh, you know, he was uh, very well known in, uh, in, in Vegas, to the point, which I was really blown away by the diaries, is uh, learning that in uh, 43 or 42, the government was involved in uh, turning over and beating Mussolini with Truman, and uh, they brought in the mob. To help out, and Meyer Lansky was part of that.
1: Wow, and, I'm, and I'm a huge World War II fan, and I've never heard of that. I mean, I, I think a lot of it's just because everything's about the Nazis or it's about the, yeah, the Japanese. Yeah, yeah. But you never really hear too much about World War II stories and Italy.
0: I mean, it was, it was the, it was, it's an amazing story. And, uh, you know, he, um, you know, they were gun runners, right? And uh, so they were able to help out. And when I read this, I was like, you know, I have literally sat back and I have literally watched like every mob movie you can think about. And I was saying, you know, after I read this and I met with my manager and things like that, I was talking about, and I sent him over to him and he was like, dude, this is a great story. And I said, what's even better is the involvement with them in World War
1: II. So he sent guns to the mob in Italy
0: Yep. to kill Mussolini. Yep. Yep. That's in at least in the diaries. And, uh, you know, he was given the uh, Freedom Act Award uh, from uh, Truman on a private dedication. So Luciano was still in jail, you know, in uh, federal pen. So uh, there's some incredible stories around Lansky and, uh, you know, his involvement all the way through the 70s. So I'm I'm, I'm blown away, but I'm looking forward to uh, getting involved one way or another with it because they've talked to me about because of Schofield's Flowers and because of our the history we have that, you know, the, the, the brand campaign around our, uh, you know, our business here is a uh, true crime stories and uh, hopefully being able to uh, develop them to the highest uh, level, you know, from whether it be uh, a uh, content series on uh, YouTube or true, you know, uh, true network or uh, true TV or, you know, whatever, whatever network we really want to do, you know.
1: No, that's, that's incredible. And I mean, I love seeing the scope on scope brand continue to grow with all these different things. So, um, love hearing these stories. So keep it coming.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. And, uh, you know, I think that's it for today.
1: That's it for today. Be sure to uh, follow us on YouTube, subscribe there, subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, comment on your favorite part and we'll be giving away another scope on scope t-shirt to uh, one lucky comment on uh, our page and follow us on instagram at Flowers.
0: and uh we'd like to thank caravan outpost for being our sponsor uh for this series i mean they've been fantastic and uh we're going to be uh in future episodes we're going to be giving away a night free uh complimentary of caravan outpost for uh, being our sponsor here thank you
1: thank you